Hi there, my name is Vini, I am a materials engineer and in this episode we will continue to take a look at stress strain curves now part 2. These last two episodes were based on the book The Material Science and Engineering An Introduction by William DeCallister Jr. In the last episode we discussed the stress strain curve and some important information about it such as yield strength, the tensile strength, and the fracture tension. But there are other properties, or at least some information that still can be obtained by stress-strain curve, for instance, the resilience, which in the graphic represents the area under the elastic portion. The resilience is the capacity of the metal, or the material, to absorb elastic deformation, which is the recovered deformation. Although this term is important, the fracture toughness is regularly used, which is the property that indicates the material's resistance to fracture when a crack is present into it. It also can be described as how much energy the material absorbs before being fractured, and it is the entire area under the stress trend curve. In the 14th and the 15th episode, we discussed why the Titanic sank, and I mentioned both words, brittle and ductile. For a brittle material, in a stress strain curve, the yield strength and the tensile strength and the fracture tension are higher in terms of tension values compared to a ductile material. Like in these episodes, the lower the temperature, the brittle the material, and that is why the materials that crystallize into BCC crystalline structure are brittle in temperatures lower than the ductile to brittle transition temperature. It also means that the material cannot be plastic deforming and looking at the involved tension, the energy to plastically deform brittle materials is higher than the fracture tension. The dampness of the potential energy on interatomic separation shows this, which is the energy to maintain two single atoms bounded. Then the fracture energy is higher enough to cause the fracture rather than the plastic deformation. The higher this energy, the higher the elastic modulus and yield and tensile strength as a consequence. Hey, sorry for interrupting, but don't forget to like this episode, the podcast on your favorite platform, and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. I'd love if you could share it with your friends and family. Besides, if you have any question or are wondering about a subject, send me an email that is in the description of the podcast. Another property that is important for materials is the hardness, which represents the resistance of local plastic deformation, and it can estimate the tensile strength for cast iron, steel, and brass. The first scale ever used was the MOS scale, within 10 minerals ranging from 1 to 10, the talc as 1 and the diamond as 10. Nowadays there are some other scales to measure it, such as Brunel hardeners, Vickers micro hardeners under micro scale, Knup hardeners, and Rockwell hardeners. The hardness test consists in deforming the material permanently by punching a specific identer against its surface under controlled load, which varies from technique to technique. The test is not destructive, which means that it can be done in field and no samples are needed. It is not possible to measure one hardness through a technique and compare it directly with another one. First, it is necessary to convert one scale into another. 
The Brinell hardeners HB uses a hard sphere to penetrate the material within 10 millimeters of diameter and standard loads in the range from 500 kilograms to 3000 kilograms. The HB is a function of both the load and identer diameter. Using this scale, it's possible to estimate the tensile strength as aforementioned by multiplying the HB value by 3.45, but again, it doesn't hold up for all the metals. I hope you have enjoyed. Thanks for listening. See you in the next episode. <laughs>